0: Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. I'm your host, Matt Haller, and today is another replay of an amazing show of a person who's truly allowed herself to not only be herself, but to continue to evolve in her thoughts, her ideas, and really what she had as a core belief. Proud Mouth. Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast presented by us here at Proud Mouth. I'm Matt Haller and your host, This show has a very simple foundation to meet amazing people who have risen above the noise who are unapologetically themselves and have embodied being their own loud. Using these interviews as inspiration, our purpose is to help you amplify your voice to become the subject matter authority you're meant to be. Our guest today is Kristen Yoder. I found Kristen on LinkedIn and I am just absolutely blown away by the amount of exposure that she's had the places uh, that she's had exposure, and also the fact that she is the host of the Cannabis Detector podcast. She's an outspoken cannabis personality and a person who really does embody everything that we love here at Proud Mouth. So Kristen, welcome to the show. Proud Mouth. Be your own loud. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I start all of these off the same way, which I really just want to know your story. Like, how did you get to kind of being this personality, the host, you've got over a hundred podcast episodes, you're a sought after consultant. How did all of that happen?
1: Oh, it's been a very long journey. So I've been in the Los Angeles cannabis industry since 2005, which keep in mind, we didn't have legalization until 2018 it was a wild ride. And I started off managing one of the first dispensaries in the city of Los Angeles for five years. Then I grew for two years. Then I managed an edible company uh, for three years. Then I did project management at a testing lab for a year, management consulting for a year, and then strategic advising, podcast education for the past like four years. It's been crazy.
0: What did you do to get the level of attention. Now, when I say level of attention, I want our listeners to understand that she has literally been on every reputable, <laughs> reputable, very keyword there, news agency, Vanity Fair, Forbes, Young Turks. I mean, you've been on television. I mean, all of this stuff. How did you get there? How did you get those people's attention?
1: I think it's because I represent a different point of view than everyone else my view that it was developed over the years as being a young woman in the cannabis industry which is a very male dominated industry full of opportunistic criminals and fraud and after a while i mean i think it was like around 2016 i tried management consulting and my business partner was like the most positive energetic person ever i in comparison was like the most nihilistic negative dead inside person ever and i'm like yo either she's nuts or i'm off like something is off and after a year we split i got on linkedin i put bs detector in my title i like to say you can't spell cannabis without the bs it's just a part of it I just started posting my point of view, which is often contrary to what you hear in the media. And and people loved it because somebody, somebody has to tell the truth. And that's, it's hard. If you're a good person, you'll probably get ripped off. It does, you don't make a lot of money. Most of the times you're going to lose money getting into this. It's just, it's, everyone thinks it's like puppies and rainbows, but it's totally opposite. Every time a state legalizes it, it gets even more corrupt. It wasn't very hard to get my voice heard and I've never paid for PR ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just no one says what I say and that's because a lot of them have financial obligations. But I got to the point where Even if it hurts my pocketbook, it feels so good to tell the truth. I don't put companies by name, unless they're awful, on blast. I put what they do on blast. And I'm trying to educate people. It's like when you sell a CBD product, there's a... Thousand different CBD products that are the same. How do you get press because you're not selling anything new? But when you're saying something no one else is saying it's really not that hard to be heard
0: So we talk about this a lot on the podcast. We call it the pick well We don't call it. It's it's a -a pick-a-fight strategy part of being a cult brand part of really truly getting the attention that you have is picking a fight, and you've picked some pretty amazing fights. In fact, uh, p- fights to the point where you've actually had not necessarily the nicest things said about you, and also that you've made a... I, w- you, I think when we talked earlier, you said it was almost a 180 on this industry. Would you mind talking a little bit about both of those things, like like when you've really had to put up your dukes and, and, and fight back? Uh, and then all the change.
1: Honestly, I thought only time people have talked BS to me has been when I quit smoking weed and I started talking about it, talking about my struggles with it. The problem with this industry is the cognitive dissonance is so deep. We have been fighting for so long for legalization to be recognized as a legitimate medication out that is safer than almost all pharmaceuticals. When I said that I realized that I had an addiction to weed because I was using it to not cope with things and I was struggling to quit, like I couldn't quit, I couldn't moderate my use, I was spending money I didn't want to, then yeah, people got really defensive. But it's like, I understand because I've been there, but I've never screwed anyone over in my life. I've always been honest and because of that, I think that I have very few haters because people know that I'm just trying to tell it like it is for the rest of us who can't do it.
0: What triggered that? What triggered you going from from being you know, such a huge advocate and saying, oh, this is perfect medicine to where you're at right now?
1: Honestly, I've never been a, a big advocate <laughs> because I also take an antidepressant. I really hate the people that are like plants over pills. Oh, you should try CBD for this or CBD for that. Hey, first of all, if you're not a medical person, you don't know what people are going through. Do you think that they would try things that were better for them if they could, if they had the access? I mean, it's not easy for people to just quit doing everything they're doing. It's like when people get cancer and people are like, oh, you should just try cannabis oil. It's not Either or, it can be both. I've always been a very objective person because somebody has to. At this point, the only people that talk about potency limits or anything about keeping the industry more prohibited is prohibitionists. It's totally anti-cannabis people, people who don't see a medical benefit. And I feel like it's important that a pro-cannabis person like me who doesn't smoke can be like walking the middle line that just says, hey, you know what, it's not for everyone. My stepfather has glaucoma, but he also has atrial fibrillation and THC can really screw your heart if you have that. And while it could help with eye pressure, I wouldn't let him smoke it. Like, I mean, he wouldn't, but I wouldn't let him anyways. And I think the point is, is recognizing that it's not for everyone. I mean, my best friend has cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, which is when you hit a point where your body starts to react against cannabis and she couldn't stop throwing up for 17 days. I mean, she ended up in the hospital twice. A lot of people think cannabis for nausea because it's, it's an amazing anti-emetic, but it also can trigger CHFs and she can't even be around it. And people attacked her and said she was a big pharma shill. And if we are willing to deny the negatives for the sake of progress, we are no different than tobacco or alcohol or pharmaceuticals because, gee, wouldn't that be convenient for the FDA or for a pharmaceutical company to be like, oh, well, only a few people got super sick. We're not going to report that because we need to get it passed. We need FDA clearance. I've always... I've never called myself an advocate. I was a stoner. I was never a medical user.
0: Sure. I just
1: I just like to get high. Like I saw days and confused and half baked when I was young. And I mean there's pictures of me at like sixteen with my stoner shirt or my four twenty shirt. I was more stereotypical stoner than a medical person. But I think in the end, because I've been in the industry so long, I've been through raids. I've I've grown my own like I've made my own extracts like I've done everything. You really can't hate on my experience or or anything because right. I'm just an, a truth teller, right. you know, let, for better let, or worse.
0: Let's talk about the truth telling about the podcast specifically. So you've done over a hundred episodes now, which by the way, that's not normal, right? Uh, very few people are putting out the level of content. I get asked all the time, Kristen, all the time. You know, how do I come up with new ideas and topics? How do you figure out what you're gonna talk about next?
1: I mean, honestly, it's not hard at all because there's just new BS every day. I mean, with the can of BS detector, I've done about like 20 episodes, 20, 25. Then I did story time on Dash Radio. And that one was supposed to be people telling their stories of what it's like in the industry and how crazy it is. But so many people were afraid of being sued that they weren't like fully transparent because it's nuts, the things that we go through. And then before that, I did Cannabis Business Minds with my ex-business partner. And you can totally tell the difference because back then, she was so positive and such a a business person and I wasn't. And I was trying to be that way. I know how to run operations, but Mm -hmm. you can tell because I never said bad words and I sounded way more upbeat, even though I wasn't now it's like every day i look at the news and i'm like oh charles coke is taming up with snoop Dogg to start a lobbying group with weldon Angeles, who was in prison and now he's trying to get people out bro at what point do we say snoop Dogg sold out the fact that charles coke like are you serious people do your homework this dude is evil he is behind conservative media manipulation and what all of a sudden he's like changed his tune. Like, this is crazy. It's not hard at all. It's always BS all the time. And the more money that comes into the industry, the more BS there is Yeah. that. I mean, I joke that like if I get killed, listen to my podcast and I bet you'll find. Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: I'm personally rooting for that not to happen. I want to break down what you just said there because a lot of the people who listen to this want to get into the world of getting their voice out in the marketplace, right that's that's a whole idea of our premise for our entire company. but they don't do what seems to me and you to be so simple, which is there's topics everywhere. I mean everywhere you can you know you read the news in your own trades. you I want to do rubber meets the road here because I, have, I actually haven't done this with any of our other guests. What do you do? Do you just turn on the mic and go? Or do you outline stuff? I'm sorry, if you don't mind, I'd like to get a little oh, yeah. bit more, uh, you break down how you're executing the, the, your voice out there in the marketplace
1: i mean i usually just do outlines i'm i cannot practice i i just shoot from the hip really i'll have like a few questions or something and then i just go in a deep dive google search and find Mm. stuff and then take notes i mean i recommend people set up google search alerts for specific things and then just keep an eye on it and i think the biggest thing for me is that i'm not employed I have the freedom to say whatever I want, and I do, and I cherish that greatly. I will continue to do that at risk to my own pocketbook, just because like this, you know, money doesn't, I mean, money brings security, security is happiness. Money doesn't necessarily buy happiness. My happiness is saying what needs to be said. I just keep an eye on what's going on, and I just take notes, and I have a list of different topics. When I hear people talk that I think are really interesting, then I'll just reach out to them. LinkedIn has been the best tool ever. It's where I got my audience, it's where I find my guests, it's how I get my speaking opportunities, it's everything. It's one of the only social media platforms that doesn't censor the cannabis industry, which is crazy. Um, And I loved it because for a long time, people didn't recognize how badass it was the smartest, coolest, most professional cannabis people were on there. And we had the best conversations. The more popular it gets, the more like Facebook starts showing up, which sucks. But it's a place to learn and to meet other people that can really take you places.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we absolutely love LinkedIn. In fact, that's uh, pretty much our major outlet for for our thought leadership. How do you have you always been this way? I mean, I know that's like, I mean, if you were to give advice to somebody who's like, "Man, I've got really strong opinions about something. I'd really love to be able to get my voice out there. How do you reinforce the strength that you have to get behind what you say?"
1: I don't get emotional. Yeah, I oh. get I have I have rage, okay? But when I make a post I make sure that I am right. <laughs> Whatever I do, I research it. I make sure I'm using the right words and I don't argue with people. I do not give in to trolls. I make sure that what I say is logical and rational and I give a source. I literally have people blow up on me emotionally. I'll just drop a little rational thing to them. I am like the master at letting people dig their own holes. That is key is don't use inflammatory language. It is so easy. I mean, there's studies that show that people who say inflammatory BS get more views, but it's not healthy, it's not good, and you're gonna get a lot of enemies that way. And I find as long as what I'm saying is logical and is lacking in emotion, my goal is teaching people above everything. I think that's the most important thing is you can say whatever you want as long as it's accurate. So just be accurate and challenge things. But also, it's different when you're an employee. You have to be right. careful what you're saying, and that sucks. But again, if you're accurate and you're logical and you're rational, then facts are facts. So How
0: do you not argue? Oh, my God. Well, you just said that. I'm thinking to myself, because I've seen some of the pot shots that people have taken at you on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. How, what sort of discipline do you have to not want to go like attack? How do you do that? Because
1: I get off on letting people blow up on themselves. I'm like a chess person. It's fun. It's like my strategy is they blow up and then I just drop facts and then they blow up more. And then, I mean, as long as you don't emotionally engage, you cannot lose unless you're wrong, which is why I research what I say before I say it and I make sure that I'm right. And then other people just blow up on themselves. And then at home I'm like, yes, oh dude, like that was awesome. <laughs> this one really dumb dude on the on my coming out interview that I was not planning on doing about my weed addiction and everything, he was like, oh, I had a girlfriend, she went off her meds, she was crazy. Blah, blah. Like At the end I was like, thank you so much for listening. By the way, I'm working on a course about logical fallacies and you just gave me a ton of awesome examples. Have a great day, you know? And like, that made me feel good. Like that's how I win is by doing a logical smackdown. I mean, you can't fight logic. That's the point.
0: Uh, Yeah, that is absolutely the point of logic, which is why it's so powerful. But I want everybody who's listening to this to understand the power of what Kristen just said there. It's going into these things, even though that you have emotion, but doing it non emotionally and allowing themselves to basically, like you said, blow themselves up. If more of us did that, I really do think that the internet wouldn't be such a horrific place for people to try to have dialogue.
1: I think that's why I hate Facebook more than anything, is because people are so used to being just nasty idiots. And that's what I like about LinkedIn is you want to blow up and talk to us. Then that looks really bad professionally. Like most people try to have logical or more non-emotional debates. And that's how we learn. I know that I'm not always right. I mean, I'm open to hearing someone else's side of you, even if it's an opposing view, because that's how we learn. But if you come with your emotions, wrong platform, dude. That's why I've always focused on LinkedIn is because they're more educated people generally. They're more professional and they recognize that the way they respond reflects on their professional lives. So that's where I stick to. You go on Instagram, The worst people are the growers. Like I love growers, but my God, they don't even put their names or faces on their accounts. That type of thing enables people to say the worst, most evil things because they're anonymous. Same with Reddit. I mean, I have gotten Twitter, my God. I mean, I have like anxiety attacks. It's so heated on there. Like I can't do it. So really it just depends on the platform that you're on. And that's why I stick with LinkedIn. Because at least on there, people try to be civil. And the people that don't get laughed at. And a lot of times, I'll leave their stupid comments up.
0: I read some of those, and I was like, wow, that person actually said that on LinkedIn? Like, that's not... That isn't what LinkedIn is for. And you really hit the nail on the head, right? LinkedIn is for professionals who are looking for education, who are looking for the opportunity to learn from other people and have real dialogue. Of course, there are people who don't do that, but they don't seem to last very long because they realize that the social mores and folkways that are surrounding LinkedIn, which do not exist on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, any of those, they really, really do here. So, okay what's next where are you going from here kristen i mean let's talk about the courses could you you mind telling us a little bit about what those are
1: when i ran a dispensary it was like 2005 to 2010. back then everyone thought including me that it was sativa is a head high indica is a body high hybrids are like a mix of the two it wasn't until I started working at an analytical testing lab in 2015 well no actually at the edible company I was at doing product development is when I started learning about terpenes mm-hmm. and that terpenes which are the natural flavor molecules in plants essentially what aromatherapy is that's the terpene profile of a plant that, oh. that in combination with THC, CBD, the active constituents, that's where the effects of cannabis come from. It has nothing to do with sativa indica, which blew my mind. And I was like, oh my God, I must atone for my sins, dude. So I started doing terpene classes and teaching people. I'm working on getting that online, just like I'm working on spotting logical fallacies because last year, The amount of disinformation and what it did to our country was appalling. I'm working on how to teach people critical thinking, like this lost art of questioning the sources. Like, look into what it, like, if it makes you feel a way, then look into it, dude, because there's a reason for that. I haven't come out with that yet because it's another thing that I'm working on. But the terping class, I call it common sense, Um, sniffing out the BS I'll be doing the eMERGE conference coming up and putting one online as well. Same with the logical fallacy one. I'm still collecting examples for that, which gotcha. is not hard at all. Um, not,
0: there's so much out there that's like, oh, my gosh, you totally just did this like textbook form of a logical fallacy. And you did it totally. right
1: there. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's like comparing two different things, like a false equivalency, you know, um, all kinds of different things that I just see all the time. And the more I read about it, the more they start popping out at me. And that's not even logical, you know, like what is wrong with people? We're just way too emotional online. But where am I going now is last year, I had my third clinical burnout of my career. I'm an advisor, but to be honest, I just talk everyone out of starting a cannabis company. So there's not much money in it. (laughs) They they are grateful, but I mean, there's no return business in that. I'm really just focusing on media. Like my dream is to be like the John Oliver of the cannabis industry. You know, I want to inform people and make them laugh at the same time. And with my voice, I mean, if I'm not going to do cartoon work, what else am I gonna do? You know.
0: Um, I think you should totally put that you're the John Oliver of the cannabis industry on LinkedIn. I don't know why wouldn't I you do should. that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good that. point, dude. I really should because, like, that's my goal is to have my own talk show where it's like a cross between Real Time with Bill Maher, how mm-hmm. he has the panel. Yeah. To me, I love moderating at events because. I like to spark debates because that's how we learn. It's like I want to I don't want to have people that agree with me on everything. What fun is that? Like I would like to have someone who can teach me something or make me see something in a different light. So my goal is to eventually hit the mainstream media, not just cannabis. I have the Cannabis Detector podcast that I working on the third season, but I'm also working on another podcast that I haven't released, but I'm going to very soon called The Confidant Investor. And it's my wealth advisor friend teaching me, a woman who's not comfortable with money really, how to become confident and how to invest and build wealth. I'm like really excited for that because that's helping me spread into a new industry, which is money and to help women because we are naturally caring. I did this one episode with Renee Gagnon. She's a trans woman who runs one of the largest publicly traded companies in Canada, Hollyweed North. And she came on the podcast with me and my ex business partner back in like 2017 cannabis business minds. And she was like, let me tell you the difference between men and women because I used to be a middle aged white guy. The difference is, testosterone is liquid confidence. It's what you see in these investing pitches. And it's like in the boardrooms and everything. It's men and their confidence. Yeah, dude, I have this thing that's like gonna do so well, you know? And then she said like when she started taking t- or estrogen, she noticed that she started caring how other people were doing. That's the thing with estrogen and with women is we're much more appeasing. We're much more like, well, what can you do? These are my prices, but I'll work with you. What I learned is to just think like a man, <laughs> essentially. It's men don't appease. They're like, these are my prices. You can do it or you can't. It's not really up for debate. That like blew my mind. How do I build up some testosterone? Obviously, listen to me. Like I don't have any testosterone like at all, dude. Um, <laughs> ways for women to channel their their inner research due diligence we're more detail oriented we actually make better investors we don't act off of some chemical right bubbles are driven by testosterone sure studies have shown this
0: and i I apologize if this comes across as being challenging but I'm not saying that you are filled with testosterone, but you have confidence. I mean, listen to your your stance on these things and, and how you position yourself within the marketplace, Kristen. You are you come across as a very strong, very confident person. I know that's that, not necessarily. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Have you heard of the Dunning Kruger effect?
0: You know, I I've heard of it, but I don't think I could quote what it is.
1: Okay, so it's essentially that the dumbest people have the most confidence and the smartest people essentially have imposter syndrome. We know so much that we're humbled by it. It's We know so much that it's like we know that we don't know everything and that gives us imposter syndrome. Sure. Where it seems like dumb people, they're so dumb that they have all the confidence in the world. Like they don't even know any better. And I think that's my thing is i never really had that many mentors and i never had someone being like good job like you got this or whatever i have a strong personality but confidence comes from successes and when it comes to money i'm trying to learn investing and my god it's so complex and right now i'm just doing paper trading because i'm trying to get a feel for it because like i'm not confident in even though I'm really good at spotting BS, if anything, I'd be excellent at shorting companies because I pick up on mm. the bull, but it's just being more confident in my financial decisions. And okay. when money is on the line, it's a different story. I mean, there's many studies show that we prefer the safer route when it's like we could take a risk and double our money or we could take the safe route and make less most people choose to make less and not lose all their money. And it's like, how do I find a balance between taking risks for a bigger reward in the first place? And in the end, it's just about education and knowledge and research. And that's something that women are really good at. But I don't think that we have very many male counterparts that help us develop that confidence which is why my co-host reached out to me because he has two daughters oh. and two granddaughters and he's like I want to help women find their place in the financial world because the I mean we're 50% of the population and we don't make as much, we don't get paid as much, we have to pay more for everything makeup the pink tax essentially
0: pink tax, yeah
1: so it's like by teaching me teaching other women how to be more financially confident in what we're doing because yeah in my normal like cannabis life i'm mad confident i'm like almost confrontational you <laughs> know <laughs> but not financially
0: sure if somebody wants to engage you uh, for something whether it's teaching a class or speaking or being a guest on the show what is the best way for them to reach out to you to to find out more
1: so you can find me on linkedin at linkedin.com slash i n slash that Kristen yoder or on my website soil to the oil if you scroll all the way down there's a contact and I'm on Instagram at cannabis detector, but honestly, I just post memes on there. So, that's <laughs> okay. like, not that's the cool. most professional place
0: to Gotcha. Well, Kristen, yeah. I want to thank you very much, and I'm going to just do a, a quick recap here because I really wanted you on the show for for a lot of reasons. the The main reason was because. We firmly believe here that if you're unapologetically yourself, you're going to attract the right people. All of the marketing efforts and all of those sorts of things, yes, it doesn't happen as quickly as you or I would really like some of these things to happen, but at least we're starting to surround ourselves with the tribe that we That understand who we are and really what makes us tick. And I think you have been unbelievably successful at that. I think you have an amazing, fiercely loyal following who love for you to tell them what BS is and what isn't because of your analytical mind. So there's number one. Number two, I wanted to have you on because I wanted to talk about the fact that you pick fights, but you do it very differently than other people do because you do it with this steady hand. It's like you're almost like a surgeon, right? So a steady hand, unemotional, fact-based. For those of you who truly want to pick a fight, do it with facts. Uh, Everybody else is just, you know, talking heads, doing all sorts of emotional bashing and things like that. We have to get away from that as a society and really go back to here's what is real and true. And and here's how we vet the real and true, which is another thing. When you guys follow Kristen on LinkedIn, she shows you where she got the information, which a lot of people don't. You can't just say people say right? Or I read on the internet, they, that's the other favorite one. They uh-huh. say, uh, oh, no, who's they, darn it. And I think you'd do a great job with that. Thank you. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you?
1: No, I think we're good. Just one last thing. If you're being debated with or argued with, recognize when it is a waste of time. That's what I like to do. I let people dig a hole and then I walk away. I don't keep engaging. You don't have to always win. I mean, just being factual is not always enough for some people. Like, let those people blow up on themselves. They do themselves a disservice to keep engaging. Like, I have to tell my friends, like, don't feed the trolls. You cannot win with everybody. Sometimes it's not worth it just walk away because like my dad's friends are so annoying. And I mean, we were fighting and stuff and I was getting such adrenaline and it's not healthy. It's not healthy. So like learn to just walk away, put it down, like close it out, dude. Because you, I mean, there's so many conflicts right now with vaccines and the pandemic and wearing a mask and politics, it's pointless. To keep arguing, drop facts, walk away.
0: Nice. Yeah. All right. So if you have not subscribed to our podcast here, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new one, or will show up on your listening device. And we broadcast most every Mondays at about noon Eastern time. So we'd love for you to subscribe to that too. But I want to leave you with all of this. There's an old saying that says, being angry at somebody is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I think that's a great takeaway from what especially with what Kristen just ended with there is is it's not doing you any good being able to kind of shake that off especially if you're going to use the pick a fight strategy to truly rise above the noise and be your own loud There are times where walking away is the best thing because then what happens a lot of times, and as you can see when you follow Kristen, is you'll see the people spiral out of control and they do it to themselves. Let them do it to themselves. You don't have to do it. They're more than capable of digging their own holes. And I also want to remind everybody, that if you really do wanna accelerate your influence, there's a link right at the bottom of the screen here that says uh, you know, our Proud Moth Academy, uh, which is our Influence Accelerator Academy. We'd love for people to join. It's free, uh, there's some paid versions, but there's free lots of great marketing material to help you learn how to rise above the noise and be your own loud. And please, please take a moment. We're gonna make sure that all of Kristen's links are in the show notes for you to follow her and find out more about who she is and what she does. So Kristen, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the show. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: For all of us here at Proud Mouth, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know how.